Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Dan. Happy Saturday to you. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm here with Dan Altina. And we've got all kinds of stuff planned. At the end of the show, Dan, you've got a segment that you pitched to me that I think is pretty funny. (laughs) And all I want to say is, Dan looks me in the eye this morning and says, I want to talk about prohibited activities on the radio. (laughs) Oh, okay. That sounds great. I have no idea exactly where he's going. We're going to hit that at the end of the show. Also, in the middle, I'm going to be uh, playing an interview that I recorded on the road from our Birmingham Repcolite. And talking to the manager of the Birmingham store there, Scott Hudgens, he's got a class that he's putting on all about painting your front door. And it's a lot of great information. We're going to promote that class for those of you out in that area who might like to attend. But also for those of you who can't, we'll get you the information so you can make that transformation on your home smoothly and fluidly, the right way, fluidly. See what I did there? Because it's paint. That's a little bit fluid. <laughs> right now, let's talk about one of those, um, you know, you, you hear the, what is the saying? If something seems too good to be true, it probably it is, is yeah. right? Okay. It's that kind of a thing. You know, one of those as seen on TV products. Here's the deal. I've been working on my sprinkler system, trying to make sure that everything is working just right. Now, normally I get it get it running for the year, the in-ground sprinkling, and I just let it go. It, it goes off at like four in the morning. You never even hear, I never, see, no, you don't I, know what's happening. No idea. The yard stays green, so here's hoping. Anyway, this year I decided it's been so long, I better make sure everything's working. So I actually started looking at it in the daylight. And found a few sprinkler heads that I needed to repair and got those things fixed. But the big thing that caught me is that I've got this drip system for all the window boxes. Mm-hmm. And about two years ago, I was digging to find where the where the hoses are for that. And I found them when I sliced through one of them all right. with the shovel. And so with the water spraying everywhere a couple years ago, I got it all dried up and duct taped it. That I knew. sounds like a permanent <laughs> fix. Dan. It was meant to be temporary, <laughs> but it, you know, how temporary fixes right. go. And uh, I've had that for a couple of years. And every, you know, I mow the yard, every, I see it always sitting there. And I think, wow, that has just really held up because the water boxes still get water. <laughs> so I've assumed it's been a brilliant fix. And, you know, duct tape is amazing. Well, anyway, in the midst of testing it during the daytime, I saw that line actually kick on and water is spraying all over the place more water is going in the air and onto it's the not yard. really a drip system at no that point. it's just fountaining into the yard that's got to be repaired so i'm looking at it with one of my kids and andrew he he's looking at it, he scratches his chin he says i think you need flex tape mm-hmm. i said what in the world is flex tape you don't watch TV, apparently. I don't watch TV. You told me about this. There's some great commercials or something. Oh, yeah. The Pitchman is just very enthusiastic. There's all different Flex products, and this guy, it's like uh, he's the messiah of Flex, and it's all just incredible what this tape will do, what this putty will do, whatever. Yeah, I've gone and looked at some of these commercials. I'm sure everybody out there has seen them, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but he's got a bucket with a great big hole in it, and he rips off a piece of Flex tape, this big, you know, heavy rubber tape and slaps it on the bucket, literally just slaps it, and water splashes everywhere, but then the leak is sealed. Then they right. show you pictures of them putting it on interior plumbing pipes that are leaking, and it fixes everything. You know, from their website, Flex Tape is this, quote, a powerful adhesive with a thick, flexible, rubberized backing that conforms to virtually any shape and surface, even underwater. 
mm-hmm. even underwater. It gets stronger with time and pressure. So mm. the more pressure, the stronger the stuff gets. Sounds like me. It's UV resistant. <laughs> it's VOC free. It withstands extreme temperatures and weather conditions. It's for plumbing repairs. Still quoting from the website. Seals out air and water. It's fast fixes on boats, autos, RVs. Autos. Tape your tires back on. It's fast (laughs) roof repairs, pool repairs, on and on and on. It's a miracle. Yes. The man has even cut like a boat in half. Literally, a rowboat. He cut it in half, taped it back together with flex tape. Gets out on the lake with it. Oh, and it's absolutely no water at all. So the kids tell me I need to use flex tape. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't remember if they snickered or not. But... Oh, they were, yes. They oh, were see, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> so I went to the store and dropped some heavy coin for uh, a four-inch roll, roll. <laughs> yeah, uh, flex tape. It's about 17 bucks for this little roll. But I went home thinking, I'm going to do this as a segment on the radio. I'm going to test it myself and see what I get. So I cut all the duct tape off of this damaged hose line that I've got, and I find a pretty severe gash you know, a one-inch gash or so from the ho- from the shovel, and get it all cleaned up and apply the flex tape in the appropriate manner. By slapping it on? Oh, yeah, I slapped <laughs> it on really hard. <laughs> and pressed it all down tight, got the air bubbles out. I did everything right. I had Andrew hit the sprinklers, turn them on, and water sprays everywhere. I mean, it's like there's no tape on it at all. Uh, maybe it stopped it for a split second, and then it shoots out of the side. So I thought, okay, I need more. <laughs> That's what's going on here. Back to the here. store, back to the as seen on TV <laughs> so, section. Right. I, more money on the counter, <laughs> and I wrap much more of the hose with that still leaking. Mm-hmm. So then I fixed the hose the right way, and I thought, well, I've still got some extra flex tape. I'm going to at least patch a garden hose that I've got that's got a little pinprick hole in it. Teeny you know, little. Tiny little hole. hole. No big deal. Slap the flex tape on there again, schmack, and <laughs> turn the hose on. Water sprays everywhere. I don't understand flex tape. I don't know where you would use it. It's expensive. The com- I, I think it does certain things well. It does not handle pressure. It does not get stronger with pressure. (laughs) So I'm trying to save everybody a little money. I'm sure there are places where this might work just fine. And, and, you know, emergency situations, I can see that maybe that's something to have around. But it's, from my, what I've seen, it's going to be a really temporary fix. Yeah. And you're going to want to proceed. To the actual fix. Something a little better. (laughs) If you've had great success with Flex Tape or really any of those Flex products, I'd really like to know about it. You can email me at radio at repcolite.com. Let me know what you did, how it worked, and if it really worked well, I'll share it with the people out there. All right, it's time for a break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Scott Hudgens from the Birmingham Repcolite about front doors. Everything you need to know to make yours look great. That's all next. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Hansen, and right now I'm on location in Birmingham with Scott Hudgens, the manager of our Birmingham Repcolite. Scott. I'm so, so glad to have you guys here. Yeah, thanks for letting us come here. So yeah. if it sounds a little different, we're not in our normal studio. We're in Scott's office. <laughs> and what is this? It's like a five-by-five five closet. It literally is just a closet. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty tight, but we're all packed in here. Right. And yeah, Scott, it's kind of exciting. We haven't talked to anybody from our new acquisition. You know, all the stores, we've talked about it on the radio. We've acquired the Technicolor paint stores back in January. Yep. 
and it's been great. Just making the transition. How has it been? I mean, how, what have you felt? It's, you know, everything's been great. I mean, everyone's been really nice, and and it seems like uh, the customers have been extremely receptive, uh, and and uh, everybody's excited about it. So, Technicolor Paints, you guys have been around for twenty five. Yeah, about just 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 over twenty five years. Uh, been here for a long time. I've only been here uh, just over eight myself, but uh, so so. It's been around. I mean, you know, people know, people knew us, and I think it was really important to uh, have us still be here with this transition. And I think everyone uh, is so happy about us. Like, they're like, oh, are, are you guys getting like bumps in pay or how's your benefits and all that and we're like it's all good and yeah. they're like that's that's great that's the bumps exactly. in pay have had to cover the repco light <laughs> home improvement show and and the that's stars right. of that show but other that's than right. that it's worth it though right it's oh, worth course. it for you to take a cut so Every, i can live bigger everybody <laughs> everybody's happy everybody's yeah awesome happy. no we're excited about that and one of the things that you have been doing uh you've run one already that you you do these in-store clinics and this is kind of a you thing, right? This is yeah, something you yeah, dreamed it's, up. It's um, it's it was really something that uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, I've been around for such a long time. I worked at Builder Square and Home Depot and all that stuff, and I knew that the biggest thing that a lot of those stores did and did very well uh, was uh, was doing these all the time clinics. You knew that you could go on a said date at said time and be able to learn how to do something. Mm -hmm. And it was really important for me to do that, uh, regardless of if other stores followed suit or not. I knew that that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be more uh, involved with the community and showing them that we're their hometown paint store. And you've done a few of them. You've done some in the past as well. I mean, before COVID. before Repco, okay, yeah, yeah before yeah, COVID. COVID. I mean, that that I was doing uh, at least a couple a month. All right, uh, and and we had uh, um, it, it's it's been very very. Uh, there's been a lot of people that would show up. Okay, and and it it would be something anywhere from a particular line of paint to um, to learning how to do something in particular like trim or doors or whatever. Okay. So you so. just did a kids clinic where we they did. painted planters for Mother's Day, right? They they had these little dog planters uh that uh it was just something I I I got these ceramic things last time we did it it was it was a little ceramic uh bank. Okay. Uh but we had uh kids involved and it was very exciting to see uh, all the parents that would be on board with that. There was, it was, um, of course, it would always be like surrounding Mother's Day. So kind of hinted that maybe this is something you would give to mom yeah. or they would keep for themselves. But, you know, the last, this last time we did it and then the time before, we had anywhere from eight to 10 kids show up and it was just a great time and they all had a good time. Yeah. You ran that on a Saturday, right? Yep. Saturday. Or something like that. Yep. 11 o'clock on Saturdays and 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 that's kind of what we're doing with our clinics in, in general is is Saturdays at about 11 o'clock that kind of gets it right at a prime time for people and yeah. and uh, not too early not too late so I'm talking to Scott Hudgens the manager of the Birmingham Repco Light store on the east side of the state talking about these clinics that you're doing you know teaching people how to do stuff yeah. you've got one coming up in June June 17 June 17th again on a Saturday on a Saturday and you're going to be covering front doors we're doing a front door yeah so I think that that's what we're going to talk about the rest of this time is sure. not just the clinic we'll let people know the details so if they're on the east side of the state they want to stop out you know make stop arrangements they in. can do that 
Um, but we're going to actually walk through the clinic, the kind of stuff that yeah. you'd be doing and talking about. Because a front door, I mean, really, when you talk about exterior projects, curb appeal projects, yes, there are bigger ones. You could paint the house, yes. but that's an enormous project right. compared to a front door. <laughs> yes. Front door, you could, you're talking a quart of paint, maybe exactly. some primer so if you easy. need it. A, what a couple hours depending on how many coats you got to put and how the weather is working with you but the impact of that that just that alone absolutely that's something that's going to uh be a wow factor in your home and give you that curb appeal uh, a lot of people like to go bold on their doors and that's kind of what we're going to show that you don't have to necessarily keep a white or a brown door you we can, we can go red we can go green we can go blue all right so let's talk about the project somebody's got a front door you know how do you approach this in your clinic how do you walk them through? Because prep can vary based on oh, situations. Absolutely. And I guess just walk us through the whole thing. So so we're starting off with a, with a steel door. We have a display steel door here in the store. Uh, we've painted it in the past. We're going to go ahead and do some prep and paint it again. So it's now, been painted before. It has it's probably been. covered over with layers and layers that's, and layers, right? That's correct, yes. Okay. Yes. It takes 12 people to move the door because of all that extra just paint. Just shift it around, right? Yeah. Um, no, the thing is that we're going to start things off by by asking people what kind of doors that they're interested in, whether it be a, a steel door, whether it be a wood door. It could be a fiberglass door. I mean, who knows? Um, but, but ultimately, we're going to kind of touch upon every aspect of those doors. Even though I have the steel door display in the store, we're going to talk about the wood doors. We're going to talk about the fact that if you got rot or if you got damage and, and how to go about actually repairing that. Uh, prior to all the prep, we all know 80-20, right? 80% prep, 20% paint. So um, that's kind of, we're going to go through that process uh, as, as people right. ask questions. Well, I'm going to ask a question. Let's okay. talk about a, a wood door. I've got a wood door. Maybe, I, I'm not even sure if I've got rot. Help me understand what am I looking for, for the listeners out there who are sitting in that situation who can't okay. make the clinic. So so if, if it's a situation where you have a brand new door and it hasn't been painted before, obviously we're talking a lot of ease there. We're just talking about uh, a matter of making sure it's clean, uh, primed, uh, uh, and, and, and painted. But if you're dealing with an old door that's already been painted or even stained uh, before, um, if you know that right on the bottom, right where the door hits that ground, and you know that all the salt that gets, especially in Michigan, salt gets kicked up, the, the water that starts to damage, the rot that's going to happen even on the bottom edge. That's something that you're going to have to try and repair prior to. So in a wood door situation, you have to look for areas where you're either dealing with an old finish um, and, and if there's any deterioration, uh, especially towards the bottom of that door. You're looking for soft areas. You're looking for areas that are obviously chunked out and, and rotted and pieced and, and you got to take care of that. So the, the prep for something like that, if that's where we're going with it would, would generally be, um, I, I, we have a lot of products that we sell and, and, uh, competing products like Bondo and Abitron products that, that talk about rot repair, uh, and, and fixing that. And it's really important. So they actually have a product that we sell, Abitron makes a, a, a it's it's a rot fix is what it is. It's a, it's a liquid uh, a, a rot hardener. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to clean up the the most that you can, uh, and you're going to get all the loose off as much as possible. You're going to make sure that that door is dry. That's the key with any wood surface is that if it's rained. Mm -hmm. 
if you've washed it, if you've done all this, um, you need to wait at least three days. You got to wait for that door to dry, which sometimes can be a problem. It's supposed to rain today. Um, but, but with that being said, as long as you got a dry area, whether you take the door off the hinges and put it in the garage, maybe, um, there's a lot of options, but you're going to go ahead and use this rot hardener. Um, and it's going to, uh, uh, solidify that, that those, those soft areas. So now you got a solid bond and then you go ahead and you patch and then you're going to prime and paint. do your priming and yeah. all that. Yeah. So many different things. You know, that's just a wood door. A lot of people, you know, what do you see on the east side of the state? Is there a well, it's, uh, most being common? A, yeah. If we're, if we're in Birmingham, you're actually seeing a lot of wood doors. But but with that being said, uh, you know, a lot of the new doors are made to look like wood. So they actually have steel doors that look like wood. They have fiberglass doors that are probably, you know, the top. You got thermatrue doors and things like that that are out there that um, really give you a wood look and, and less maintenance and needing to worry about rotting. And so I think just like if somebody was to do a deck and they they like the Trek stuff and not the real wood, it's it's handy. There's no doubt about it. The the uh, the issue and the maintenance on on a door like that is going to be a lot easier. Um, that's what you see around here, mm -hmm. Birmingham, West Bloomfield, uh, uh, even and some of the other stores further east of Gross Point. We have the location, and and they have really expensive old historical type of doors. So there's a lot of repair. That so a lot of different situations. Yeah. We can help you get, you know, basically navigate whatever you've got going. Right. You know, okay, let's say we're dealing with a fair amount of peeling and stuff like that or whatever. You know, if it's yeah. been painted before, there's going to be, at least that's a concern. You want to look at that. You get that all cleaned up, get as much off. That's, you know, everything that stays on the door paint-wise has to be really bonded. You have to make sure of that. That's correct. Get the doors yeah. really cleaned. You're you're uh, you're you're putting a lot of trust in something. Anytime that there's a uh, some cracks and some uh, some peeling in a in a in a surface, whether it be a, a top coat over top of a stain or a paint itself, um, you need to make sure all that loose is off. If you don't, there's there's products on the market that they sell peel stop and peel bonders and and try and hold that in place. And and those are great and everything, but you still want to get as much loose off as you can, because when you when you're all said and done, you want to be sure that you have a good bond uh to that to that painted surface or that or even if you're restaining something i mean you know there's a lot more involved in doing that but we'll touch upon that as well because you know some people want to keep that stain look we can absolutely try and get them to that point too well let's do that let's take a break right now because i can't cram any more into this segment so okay. let's take a break i'm gonna stay in your office is that okay Normally, I'm I'm asking people to stay with yes. me, but this time I'm intruding on your, your territory. So I'm going to hang out. We're going to play some commercials. And then the Detroit listeners, all the listeners on the east side of the state are going to get a Repco Light Rewind. Grand Rapids listeners, you're going to get news and weather. Then when all of that is over, we'll all get back together and then we'll continue this conversation and work our way through what the prep steps are. And then I want to talk about finished coats, what you recommend. And then I want to give out the details of your seminar. All of that's coming up just ahead. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Hansen, and I'm here. Well, yeah, I'm here. I'm visiting the Birmingham Repco Light yes. on the east side of the state. I'm here with Scott Hudgens, the manager over here. You've been in the company eight uh, years? A little over eight years. Eight yep. years. Yep. And Scott, as we mentioned in the last segment, is doing or going to be hosting... Um, basically a hands-on clinic yeah. 
for listeners or customers in the area, on the east side of the state. It's coming up June 17 is your next June one. June 17th, yeah. Front doors. Front doors, 11 o'clock on Saturday, June 17th. All right. And now we know that, that not everybody's going to be able to get out there, you yeah. know, and, and even if everybody wanted to, the store will only hold just so many people. That's, that's so right. we want to give the information and kind of work our way through that. It's sure. a complicated one because... The project itself is simple, but there's so many different uh, situations that could present themselves. Is it a wood That's door? Right. Do I have a stained and varnished door? Maybe it's a fiberglass door, steel door, all these different situations. And you kind of got to deal with that. And that's what you'll do in the seminar. You'll gather where people are at and address the situation specifically. Yeah, yeah obviously these these uh, clinics can last, uh, you know, upwards of of two hours plus, and and you know, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, obviously we're there to answer questions. So if somebody goes ahead and, and asks a question that might take me away from something else, we're still going to make sure that everyone gets the answers that they need. So, so in the last segment we talked about wood doors. I brought that up. What yep. if there's some rot? You talked about all the different things we need to look into, and figure out before we move ahead with a painting project. Right. And I'd really just recommend you swing out to any Repcolite store if you've got that situation. And just talk about it. But you did give us some good spots to look down at the bottom of the Absolutely. door. That's where your problem's In probably going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about, I guess, let's just work our way through the project uh, specifically for people who are listening so they can follow along. But let's say that it's maybe a steel door, maybe a, a, a common situation. It's painted. It's maybe peeling. Maybe it's just, just a bad color. We want to get that updated. Like we said, it's a great project. Simple, huge curb appeal. What would you walk us through? Let's just start yeah. with that. So, so that's so that's perfectly fine. I mean, so we have a door in front of us, for example, and this door is painted. So you can be it can be many things. It can be something that is uh, they just want to change the color of the door. Maybe maybe the the coating on the door is perfectly sound and there's no problems there. Maybe they're trying to to redo and and yeah, maintenance on the door. So we're talking about the the peeling uh, aspects of it. We're talking about priming. So yeah, if you got a steel door that that you have uh, peeling or maybe maybe the coat that the last time you painted it, it just didn't adhere well. And you're noticing scratches and underneath those scratches is the color it was before. I mean, those are things that happen all the time. And generally you're going to see that around handles. You're going to see that around knockers on, on, on the door surface. Uh, anytime where you decide that you have a bunch of stuff in your hand and you're trying to push the door open and man, you just scratch the door. Um, it, it's so really it's just boils down to, Making sure that that is sanded, you want to make sure that that's that's clean. Uh, a lot of oils uh, end up on the surface, especially if you don't have a storm door. You got a lot of weathering to those surfaces, so you got to make sure it's clean and sand down those areas that are damaged. Uh, at that point, it's a matter of okay, now is it is it just that, or do we have a couple dents now? Maybe somebody kicked the door or whatever. So so that's a different story too. And, and the one thing that I always tell people all the time, and this goes for everything, and it's not just doors, is the prime patch prime. So when you have a situation on a door to where it's dented, for example, you can go ahead and the best thing to do besides cleaning and sanding is to prime that area. You wanna prime the damaged area, the dented area before you patch. It's really important because people think that patching by itself will be fine, but I've seen so much of that patch just pop loose, especially if you're at a on the east or west and you're getting the sun directly on the door over time. So uh, you also wanna be careful with 
speaking of which, the time of day. You don't want to have uh, it be 90 degrees and the sun beating on a door because that paint is not going to adhere properly to that surface. So all these things you need to play a part in when you're, when you're finishing your door. So thinking um, all that stuff through, making those plans. Yep. Again, stop out when you're getting your product and we'll walk you through the project step by step for your scenario. Right. You know, that That's the best way to go with that. So we get it prepped. We get, we get it washed. We get it sanded. Yep. Everything's ready to go. The paint that's on there is bonded really well. We made sure of that. Everything's good to go at that point. What finish paint do you recommend? So, what, what do you like best? So, um, and and we'll touch upon a little bit. The reason why we're painting the door that's in our store and the reason why we're in, including a, a, this as a clinic is because it was a paint that's no longer available. And and so at that point, um, we, we're switching to... Uh, Aura is going to be an exterior Aura. We're going to do it in a satin finish. Aura is the top-of-the-line paint that Benjamin Moore offers. Uh, Aura really is going to get you the best. It, the color retention on the Aura exterior paints are phenomenal. And so that's really why we're going to be using that in this situation. Durability and color retention is is phenomenal on it. So, Because that's a real bummer. That really blows <laughs> when you pick your color and you put it out and then it fades so dramatically, so quickly, and colors do, certain colors do. It does. Aura's big. That, that's one of its big claims to fame. That's it. Is the color retention. Yep. And that's and that's really the, the thing that we've seen so many people uh, uh, have, be frustrated because of that. And the good thing is, and we say this all the time, it's only paint. The good thing about it is you can put another coat on. Uh, but why would you want to do that when you can just go with the, with the best and just do the aura straight out? So Get it right the first time. So a couple coats normally? A couple coats would be great. I mean, the more coats you put on, the more durable it is. Also, just to make sure, especially if you're going from different colors, from, from let's say you're going from white to like a, a maroon, uh, you're absolutely going to need a couple coats. Well, and that's sure. the other claim to fame for mm -hmm. aura is right. that the hide is so good. Hide is awesome. And there's a lot of products, especially when we're talking certain front door colors, where the more vivid, the, the brighter, the bolder the color, you can be dealing with a lot of coats in order That's to get right. full hide, whereas Aura is going to give that to you in in far fewer coats that's correct yeah the um the the whole thing is is uh we're gonna we're gonna change it up we had a uh we had a maroon color on it before we're gonna uh, go with a uh with a historical blue color on the door now just to show people that like we talked about that can be your wow factor that doesn't have to it can stand out that's always the exception my big thing on the outside is you kind of want to stick with three colors the door is always the exception to that you can have the door be so bold and 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 stand out ish if that's a word yeah. um so so that really is what we're going for here to show people that they have a lot of options a lot of options the project is relatively simple there are some things to know to get it done right but they're not complicated things no and you don't need specialty tools i mean nothing about this project is out of anybody's reach really it's it's not and as long as you take more time in prepping everything from the beginning that really is the painting is such the e it's the easy part of this whole process. well like you said it's an 80 20 thing sometimes yep. we've referred to it as a 90 10 90 you know 10, however you want it depends on the situation but it's the prep work is is right. the time that's great and i know it's not fun i know that it's not fun rolling primer on because it's that it's not the color i want to end up with i want to see that color on the wall that's, right. that's or the door or the surface but you got to just bide your time, yep. do the proper prep work, because if you move past 
and get your paint on, you could buy the best paint ever. And if you haven't done that prep work, you're going to be dealing with problems down the road and, and it's going to yeah. be a regret. You're, you're always going to have, and just keep in mind too, that anytime you come into the store or if you happen to be here on June 17th at 11, uh, the, we're going to talk about other things that we can do, obviously, to make this an easier project for you. We'll help you pick out the, uh, the rollers and the brushes that you need. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the possibility of maybe even tinting a primer to get you at least in the ballpark. So it's not going from a dramatic white to a, to a dark gray. Um, you know, so, so we'll talk about those options. Anything that we can do to try and help you make this process easier even if you have to call the store in the middle and, and ask me I, I I'm, I'm there to answer uh, questions for you so. and that's going to work that way for all of the Repcolite locations on the west side on the east side anywhere give us a call stop out at the stores we'll walk you through the different projects whether it's front doors whether it's whatever yep. and get you all of that information so that you're using the right tools the right products and doing it all with the right steps Scott, the last little bit that we've got, yeah. the seminar or the the hands-on the clinic. clinic. I keep calling it a seminar. No, you keep okay. calling it a clinic. <laughs> I, do, I don't know. It's no. tomato, tomato. Well, it's your, th <laughs> it's your thing. So we'll go with clinic. It's coming up June 17. We mentioned yep. that at 11 at the Birmingham Repcolite. Yep. If people are interested and they're in the area... Do they have to register? How does that part work? You know what? I mean, I'm trying to keep it open to everybody. Uh, you know, if you feel like you got to in last minute, we'll still accommodate you, obviously. Brent. Of course, if you come into the store, you can always go ahead and, and we have a sign-in sheet for you uh, to make sure that you're set for that day. You can always call the store and say, hey, listen, I want to come to your clinic. Uh, you know, put my name down. We'll go ahead and do that. Keep in mind, we're going to, every time we have the clinics that we do here, we're always going to have some light refreshments. We'll have some. We'll have some small snacks. And if it's a nice day, at 11 o'clock on a Saturday, we're going to go outside and we're going to do this, you know, because you're going to probably be in that situation anyway. Why do you want to be cooped up in the store when you can be outside in the fresh weather? So Perfect. So I'll put links and all of that information in our show notes. And the only other thing I'll add is if you're a listener and you're thinking, boy, that sounds good. I'd really like that. But it's two and a half hours away from where I live, and I'm not interested in the drive. That's right. If you are interested in something like that, email radio at repcolite.com. That's going to come directly to me. And just let me know that you're interested in, in some of these things. And if we get enough people, who knows? Maybe we'll put on a few of these of our own in other Repcolite locations. That'd be great. That's so the more yeah, the merrier. Absolutely. So radio at repcolite.com. If you're interested in more seminars like this in your area, let me know. Maybe we can do that. Scott, thanks so much for letting us be here. Thanks so much for doing this kind of thing for the customers out here. I'm so happy for, for you to be here myself. Excellent. All right. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll be talking about something else. And honestly, I don't know at this point what it's going to be, but I can promise it's going to be amazing. That's all just ahead. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And with the different lead-in music, a little hit from the Beatles there, you can't do that. Dan, you pitched a topic to me, and I think it's fun. We're going to talk about it, kind of re revive the segment as the summer goes on. You wanted to talk about prohibited activities. Yes. And at first, that freaked me out, because I wasn't <laughs> sure exactly You're thinking where you were going. Sunbathing. I wasn't sure <laughs> where you wanted to go, because... I know you well enough to know it really could be anything. So anyway, prohibited activities, we spun it down to you can't do that. 
certain yeah. things that you just can't do. And we want to get into recreational fires and the things you can't do. And then, of course, the things you can do and how you can have a, a safe and allowable recreational fire. But just to give people a little bit of a preview of some of the other things you want to talk about, what are some of the other areas you want to focus on with you can't do that? All right. So one is lawn darts, also known jarts. Mm -hmm. You can't buy them anymore. I mean, you can still use them if you have them, if you found them in your basement or something sure. like that. But you can't buy them. No, I was always and... always convinced I was going to pin my feet to the ground outside <laughs> playing some kind of game with those big darts that you're chucking. Can't do that. Another example might be drones. You can't fly drone anywhere you want. Right. There's limitations. Right. And those limitations have limited me. I've chosen not. I'm very interested in getting a drone, the photography aspect of it. I think that could be fun. I could see my house from up in the sky. You know, how exciting is that? Yeah. But I'm, I don't know all the little rules. And so I think so that will be very interested. I'm not scared, right. Dan. I'm a man's man, <laughs> but I do tremble you're slightly. Apprehensive. <laughs> apprehensive. Let's say that. And another one I think is interesting is prospecting, oh, which right. is something I, you know, live to do. You know, I've always right. wanted to be a prospector. I'm going to find gold on my property. Exactly. Well, you just can't go haul your metal detector around everywhere right. you want. Be digging holes all over the place. <laughs> that part makes sense to me. But we're going to dig into all of those things you can't dig do. In. And that, <laughs> ha, see, a joke. Let's talk about recreational fires. Let's. Let's talk about things you can't do that maybe you might think you can. You can't have a giant bonfire. Just like ever? Uh, or with within if, limits. With, with a permit, you could. Okay. So you just can't go out and just have a big Start bonfire. A fire. Right. You can't technically burn like your yard waste. And right. I understand leaves and stuff, but even the sticks and the twigs that fall from the trees, that's right. actually something all, at least most of the city ordinances that we looked at. Yeah. Even green lumber, dry and not dried, you oh, know, a branch that just fell. And that's all smoke related, right? It's yeah, creating too creates much nuisance. Smoke. What other things can't we do? Well, you can't have a big fire, like we said. You can't have a fire too close to your home or structure, a fence, or power line or property line. Wow. Um, and all, all these regulations vary depending on your community. Yeah. There, but there are some kind of commonalities. Most of this, in fact, all of this is related. Uh, to safety. It's common sense safety stuff when you stop and think about it. Right. So, yeah, um, mostly most communities say the fire cannot be larger than three feet in diameter and two feet tall. And it needs to be in some sort of enclosure, whether that's like a stone ring or a metal vessel, something to contain the fire. That's All right. Necessary. Got to have a fire pit of some sort. I can't Correct. just throw it out there in the yard. Right. Can't have it on a combustible surface. You can't build this fire on a deck, a wooden deck. Well, doggone it, Dan. That was the plan for the weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry to be build so a fire on the wood you. deck. Okay. No, that right. makes sense. You, you can only use it for personal uses like warmth, cooking, personal enjoyment, things along the, that those lines. Uh, so you can't, I don't know what that would, you know, metal smelting, you can't do. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask what I, other things I, I would there be? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of limitations along those lines. Uh, things like uh, the what you can burn. We talked about that briefly. Basically, just firewood, dried logs. Can't burn yard waste, grass clippings. Anything that's got glue or plastic or, you know, trash, any of that kind of stuff cannot be burnt in a home fire pit. Have you burned those things? 
Are you in trying to get me in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious. I, of course, it's possible have... that I may have. Yeah. Now, yeah. after researching this subject, I don't think I will anymore. All right, so you're afraid. No, I'm not afraid. I'm apprehensive. Okay, that's, that's, that's how dudes handle that. I know that you've got to watch the fire. You've got to be there in attendance. But with an adult, and sometimes the regulations say it has to be a, a, someone that's a resident of the home. All right, so you just can't bring somebody in and say, watch this fire for a minute, I've got to go to the bathroom. Right, not allowed to do that. Maybe just for a minute so I can go to the bathroom? You could maybe get away with it for a minute. I mean, they're not watching that closely. I hope not. If they are, we've got other problems (laughs) to deal with. Right. You have to have some way of putting out the fire. That makes sense. Uh, You know, whether that's a hose, that Mm -hmm. functioning, you know, hose or a fire extinguisher or maybe even just a bucket with sand in it. Leaf blowers do not work. (laughs) (laughs) Is that from experience? No, no. I'm sure I've seen something on YouTube where somebody tested that. Doesn't work. Maybe a heavy wool blanket. Possibly. If the garden hose is too far away, maybe that heavy wool blanket. But bottom line, you got to have something to put it out. And you got to have it on hand because, you know, we've had an incredibly dry spring. Yeah, things get out of control quickly. Yeah, crazy. Can only have the fire in your backyard, not in your front yard. All right. Even if that's where I relax, even if that's where I hang out to relax. You're welcome to hang out there, just not have a fire. Why? I think it's just consideration of your neighbors. And most of these rules have to do with, is this fire going to generate too much light or smoke or, you know, smell? Is it going to be a distraction or, a, you know, a nuisance to your neighbors? But I could sunbathe on my front yard. Can you? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. We'll go, I guess we'll have to look that one up. That would seem like that would tick off a few episode. of those boxes that you talked about, the distraction, <laughs> nauseation. It may not be allowed. <laughs> All right. Well, that's worth looking into. That could be a segment someday. Yeah. So, you know, in some locations, a permit is required, even for these small backyard fire pit type fires. Right. Now, I grew up way out on the north side of Holland, and we would have to get a burning permit to do the big yard waste type things. You know, at that point, we could still burn leaves. I remember that. That was always really fun. Really liked that. But we had to get a burning permit. And you're not just talking about that for big pits. Because Grand Rapids, even if you want to have a recreational fire in a little fire pit, Yep. You still, as long as it's like you're burning real wood. If you've got propane or something like that, right? Then it doesn't you, generate of any of these potential bad things. It's a permit, but you need a permit in Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids and some other places. Lansing, Saginaw, Midland, uh, Portage. Those are the so, uh, just a few off the top of my head that I found. Now I know the Grand Rapids one. If you're in Grand Rapids and and you want to have a recreational fire as the summer goes on, you want to get on that because it's not an immediate process. It's it's literally a process. You submit for the permit. You submit a request. There's a 21-day period while they notify your neighbors. They can submit objections to it. If no objections arise, then you get the permit and you can renew the whole thing next year. But it's not instantaneous. So get on it, definitely. Yeah. In Lansing, you have to go and get a permit. I mean, get inspection. Oh, so it's even bigger over there. Yeah. Bottom line, check your local ordinances. Wherever you live, there's rules. You know, I know in Zealand, you've got to have the fire done by 10 o'clock on Sundays through Thursdays, for example. Right. So lots of little rules. Dig into it. Do it the right way. Do it the safe way. Have fun. And that's, yeah, have fun. That's the very bottom of all of that. <laughs> Try to have fun. That's all the time we've got. We're going to have to wrap this one up. If you want to catch it again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. We've got very few rules or limitations on paint. Just go out there and use it as much as you want. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Dan Altino. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.